He's so worthy of your love. He says to love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Forget about what you got to do when you leave here. Forget about your telephone and all the pings you might be getting. Forget about what somebody said to you that took you off the path that you need to be on. And press in just for a moment. Press in to the living God. Press in. Tell him how much you need him. Out of your own mouth, tell him how much you love him. How much you desire him. Deep calls after the deep. Oh, he desires a relationship with you that's full to the overflow. Are you hungry for him? Do you desire him? Just tell him how good he is. He's a good, good father. He's better to us than we've ever been to ourselves. When we deserve death, he gave us life. When we deserve punishment, he gave us grace. And his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm. We serve a good God. I am so in love with the God who so loves me. It's hard for me to move out of that pocket. How many of you sense his presence in here this morning? Do you sense him? You know, just before we get started, I just want to do something. Sometimes we move too fast. God can do so much more than me. I'm just a vessel. My heart's desire is to be so submitted and yielded to him that I don't miss it. And so I just feel pressed right now in the spirit for us to just be silent before him to just be still and know that he's God so just right where you are if you're led to lift your hands lift your hands if you're led to bow your head bow your head whatever it is you feel led by that inward witness in you to do just do that right now but let's do it in silence listening speaking to you. Listen. He's healing. Receive. He's delivering. Be free. Be free. Let go. Allow God to touch you right where you are. He knows your beginning from the end, and He knows your end from the beginning. He is time, He is space. And he holds you in the palm of his hand. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just let out one, one hallelujah, just one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Mm. Glory to God. Mm. 
I'm just listening for the Holy Spirit. I'm very aware that I can do nothing without him. Very aware. How many of you heard an answer from the Lord about something that you needed to hear in that time with him? If you did, lift your hand. Amen. Amen. Their hands going up all over the place. How many of you know that you are now healed? Amen. We didn't lay hands on you. How many of you got delivered from something? You know when you leave here, you are not the same. Glory to God. You see, just a small a time, amount of time in the presence of God can do so much. You know, I, I see somebody taking a tissue out of the box. I'm going to grab that tissue for demonstration purposes. I got this thing, right? I have this. Everybody sees that I have it in my hand. But look how easily it fell. That doesn't weigh an ounce, does it? And my hand couldn't hold that. When it let it go, it just, it hit the ground. And yet God has this whole universe. The whole universe in his hands. He's never dropped it. It has never not rotated in the way that it's supposed to. The sun, every morning it's there. I don't care how cloudy it is. Each and every one of you knows it's there. The birds tweet when they're supposed to, and they migrate without anybody telling them. You breathe without a thought. You blink without having to. The God that holds the universe holds you. He's got you. He loves you. And how do we forget that so much? How do we get so caught up in the circumstances of this world? We lose our way. Not just you, we. We become Marthas. Busy, doing, going, trying to be. But the God of this universe says, hey, Come to me, all, every one of you, anybody who's burdened or heavy laden. He says, I, God, will give you peace. And what I really love about that, he says, I'm going to give you peace, not like the world gives it. Y'all know how the world gives. Come on with the left hand and then takes back with but God said I'll give you peace not like the world gives it what's that mean you always have it it's not going anywhere it abides in you working for you with you every day all day it's not based on circumstances or situations. See, that's what's on the outside. But what God is talking about, what he wants you to grasp, what he needs you to grasp, what he needs you to leave with today, this day, 
is that greater is he. Greater is he. Magos is he. Extremely higher and above than the norm and the ordinary is he. That is in you and you and you and you and you and you and me. Than he that is in this world. And yet we let the he that's in this world dictate our behaviors, our actions, our moods, our attitudes. And God is so sweet. He's so sweet. Because even when we go a whoremongering, when we go find something else or somebody else, that we think is going to help us in our situation. He sits there patiently, long-suffering, waiting for us to realize that he's right there. He's got your answer to everything. He's got your deliverance from everything. He is the lover of your soul. You've not been loved. Until you've been so loved. And we think a woman's going to do it. Or a man's going to do it. And we find ourselves compromising. When God said in him, you never have to compromise. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to wear that mask you've been wearing. He says, come to me. Come to me. Because I'm a good, good Good, so good, Father. And he loves us with an undying love. Amen. Let us pray. Father, it's in the sweet and most powerful name of Jesus that we come boldly to the throne of grace. Recognize, God, none of us can do anything without you, but in you. We can do all things. And so we surrender and submit this time to you, Lord. There are things that are pulling at us even right now, but God, we make a quality decision to ignore them and turn our attention solely, purposefully, and intentionally to you, the God of this universe, the God who spoke life into existence, the God who breathed the breath of life into us and made us living souls, the God who died for us that we may have eternal life. God, our focus is on you. Speak to us, Lord. We are listening. Use us, Lord. We are available. Deliver us, Lord. We are free. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way. This is your season and your time upon this earth. And we surrender and yield humbly to you. And God, when it's all said and done, we're believing that many people will have surrendered their lives today to Jesus Christ. That those who already know you will know you at a deeper level. And that God, we will not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word so that the untold millions of people who are out there will also come to know Jesus as Lord. We ask these blessings 
in the holy, mighty, matchless name of our sweet Jesus. And if you are in agreement, say amen. Amen and amen. Well, it is obvious that I am not Pastor Gregory or Pastor Trish. I will tell you if you are visiting, please come back and partake of their anointing. They are out this weekend getting some R&R. How many of you know a weekend really isn't long enough? But we thank God that they were able to get away and kick their heels up and, and be ministered to by loved ones and family and friends and most importantly, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, my name is Joe Vivian, and I'm one of the ministers on staff here at Linked Up Church. And I have to tell you, I consider it a privilege and an honor to stand before you today. It is very humbling to me to deliver God's word. I don't take it for granted. I'm always prayerful that whatever the Lord has me to say will be received. That your spiritual ears are in tune to God. I'm like you. I'm no different than you. I can get distracted along the way to grandmama's house too. And so I'm just encouraging you this morning, connect. Connect. I want to acknowledge, and I think I, I do a lot, and some of y'all may, why y'all always saying something about them? But the praise team and the band, there's an anointing on them. Yeah. They set the table, and they set the table even when we don't enter in. They do that, and the Lord is pleased. So I just wanted to say thank you to them. I have uh, two opening scriptures. The first one is 1 John 4, 4. And the second one is Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I kept going, Lord, which one? Which one? It's like both. Why not? Come on, let's have some fun. All right, let's have fun. You heard me say it already. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children. And have overcome them. The them he's referring to is the spirit of Antichrist that dwells in some people. And we forget sometimes that it's out there, but it is. But God is so wise. He let us know that he's already overcome that spirit. He says, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We always say it like this. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Say that with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater meaning considerably above the norm and average. It means magos. It means greater in rank, ability, virtue, authority, and power. God is greater than the world. He's greater than our jobs. He's greater than our friends, our spouses, our parents. He's greater than the enemy. There is nothing bigger than God in our lives. And the beautiful thing is, he says, greater is he that's in you. We don't have to search for God. There's not a place we can go, a thing that we can do, a situation that we encounter that God does not encounter with us. You are never alone. And greater is he that is in you, that's in you, that's in you, 
than that's in this world. The title of my message is Inside Out, Living a Spirit-Led Life. Inside, greater is he that's inside you than he that's on the outside. We know this theoretically, don't we? It's not, I would bet if I were a betting woman that I couldn't find three people in here who didn't know that scripture. That's how much we say it and profess it and confess it. But do we know it? Are we living it? Are we pulling on that daily? Or is it just a good scripture to quote? How do we live our lives being more inside conscious instead of outside contaminated? Inside conscious and not outside contaminated. How do we live a life being led by the spirit? There's no shortcut to being spirit led. It's a journey. It's something that we do day by day. And let me tell you, it's not reserved for those who think that they're super spiritual. And it's not reserved for people who preach. That's one of the biggest misconceptions that people have. Let me tell you, there are those out here, sitting right here in this audience, who know more word than all of us on staff put together. Don't minimize yourself. We're all the same in the kingdom of God. We may have different functionalities, but we're all equal in God's eyes. Amen? It's what you put in that determines what you let out when you get squeezed. Amen? Well, it's raining. (laughs) Being led by the Spirit is not living a life trying to do what's right. It's not trying to keep the law. By grace, we've been saved. Simply put, it is another way of saying living the Christian life. You know, we hear ourselves say things like, well, I have the mind of Christ, or let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Walk in the light as he is in the light. The just shall live by faith in the Son of God. I love this one. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which is in Christ Jesus. You can take all of those scriptures And you can sum them up to one thing, a spirit-led life. Are you living inside out? Or is the outside governing how you live your life? I want you all to know, although there's no shortcut to to living in the spirit, it really is easy. It's not difficult at all. It's one of the easiest things that you could ever do. You know, I always think back to the day that we received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. The hardest part was if you were sitting in church walking down the aisle. That was the hardest part. Because at that time, your mind was still carnal. You were concerned about what people were going to think and what they were going to say about you. Am I right? Come on, tell the truth. Y'all know. Y'all know. That was the hardest part. But when you got down to the altar and you said that simple prayer, it was easy, wasn't it? And at the moment you said that prayer, instantly, guess who came to live inside of you? Holy Spirit. Immediately. There was no delay, no wait. You didn't have to sell chicken dinners. You didn't have to dance or sing. All you had to do was call on the name of Jesus. 
So when I say to you, being led by the Spirit is easy, you have something to pull on. Your own experience for receiving Jesus Christ, because I promise you, it's just that easy. So let's go back to, or my second one, to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Let's take a look at that real quick. Just remember, as, as believers, we are not in the flesh. I don't care what anybody tells you. You are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit if the Spirit of God dwells in you. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. How do I know? Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Actually, I'm going to take you all the way to 17. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. How many sons and daughters of God do we have in here? Raise your hand. Look around you. So based on this scripture, you're all led by the Spirit. 15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. The spirit you received didn't lead you to bondage so that you would be afraid. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. He's a good, good Father. The spirit himself bears witness. It testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I want to go back for a minute. Sometimes we go through that too fast and we get to the heirs of God. Woo-hoo, I'm an heir. But I want to go back to the part where he says the spirit himself bear witness. He testifies. And he testifies to you that you are a child of God. None of you had to say, God, help me believe I'm your child. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ, the spirit of the living God began witnessing to you that you belong to God, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that God is with you and that he is in you, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Many of you stopped saying God and immediately started saying, Daddy. And did you have to work for that? Did you have to labor for that? No. He was testifying to you. And if Holy Spirit testified to you then, when the only scripture you probably knew was, for God so loved the world, how much more is he testifying to you today? How much more is he confirming and declaring and sharing and showing you today? How much stronger is he trying to speak to you? The question is, and it always is this way, Are we listening? So never forget, yes, you are a joint heir with God in Christ Jesus. Everything that God promised you, you already have. You are not slaves or even children, meaning youngsters, who need a tutor or a master. We don't need that. All we need is Holy Spirit. His job is to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. And I promise you, every day, he's doing his job. Amen? Amen. Now, the word there in Romans chapter 8, 8, 14, excuse me, where it says, for as many are as led by the Spirit of God, the word there for led is ago in the Greek. And I'm pretty sure most of you can figure out what that means without me telling you, but I'm going to tell you. It means to carry, to bring, to lead, to guide, And here's the one that really hit my spirit. It says, to spend a day with. 
Selah. Not to spend an hour with when you first get up, you know, or 30 minutes on your car ride, y'all feel me, or on your knees before you go to bed. And I maybe I'm the only one that's ever done that because y'all looking at me like, what? Oh, no. Oh, no, Joe, I would never, yes, spend only 30 minutes with God. But he said to lead or be led is to spend a day with, a whole day, not a portion of a day. The moment God took up residence in you, it was so he could spend every single solitary day, every hour, every minute, every second abiding, living with, loving on, talking to, guiding, carrying, caring for you. How many of you know that one day with the Lord is a thousand years? One day, just one day with God gives you the ability to receive things that people have taken hundreds of years to understand or learn, to break habits that people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars to get delivered from. One day with God, one day can restore broken relationships, to give you courage that you never thought you had, to lead you through doors that have been open and waiting for you to walk through for years because you kept trying to do it in your own strength. But God said, I'm here for you. One day, just one day, It goes on to say that it speaks, the word um, to be led, it speaks to leading towards more. You think you got it good now. This is what God's saying to you. You think your life is sweet now. You think you got it in control now. He says, my presence in your life is always to give you more. Who told you that God was trying to keep something from you? Who told you God didn't want you to have fun? Who told you the desires of your heart will never be given to you because God doesn't want you to have them? God says, when I'm leading you, I'm leading you to more, not to less. God doesn't add, God multiplies. I'm rather passionate about this subject. Can y'all tell? You know, I never minister anything that God's not either dealing with me on currently or recently. I can't get up here and tell you about something I don't know from myself. What kind of foolishness is that? And there's some things I found myself out there on my own trying to walk on water. What? And it took the water getting up to here before I could recognize I was leading and I was guiding. And the moment, I'm telling you, the moment I made a switch and a change, that water went to my toes. And the enemy was right back where he belonged under my feet. I know what is led. 
I know what it's like to be led. I know what it's like to watch which step to take next. When it feels like you're doing this, but then you realize if you had done this, you would have just dropped down. Because I'm willing to do one step at a time. Because when you obey God, even backwards, it takes you forward, people. He's always trying to get more to you. And what I really liked about that definition was the revelation I got when it says that all that he does is in an effort to influence your mind. Okay, we know that we're supposed to renew our mind, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be by the... See, I don't even have to say scriptures. Y'all know this stuff. Did you think that you were going to do it all by yourself? Because if you did, wouldn't you have done it by now? If you really could, why would you be sitting here? We sit and we watch things that we know we shouldn't watch. Listen, this is not an indictment on TV or any TV show. Come on, I probably had some things that y'all go, oh, you watch that? Shut up, girl, you shouldn't be watching that. I am not trying to say that. But I am saying this. If you're having troubles in an area, whatever that area might be, why would you watch a show that glorifies your trouble? I mean, seriously, I'm just saying. You know, when I drank, I was good. And I know y'all go, you're only five foot even and some pounds. I'm a buck something, let's be clear. But even when I wasn't a buck something, I could drink. I'm going to tell you. I drank a many a friend under the table and put a many a friend to bed. And I'm not bragging. If I could take those days and years back, I would. I'd do something different. You know, a lot of people go, well, I'm glad I went through that. Well, no, I'm not glad I went through that. I wish I could, but I can't do it different. But here's the good news. It doesn't matter if I can do it different. God did something different in me. What? Woo! Telling y'all I was destined for alcoholism. Both grandfathers were alcoholics. My mother's father was one of 13 boys. And I forgot how many daughters. It doesn't count after you say 13 boys, right, out of the same woman. Any tell who. All of them were alcoholics. When I went to family reunions, if somebody was sober, it was a problem. <laughs> I had it on both sides of the family. Now, my daddy's side was a lot better than my mama's side. But needless to say, I know where I was going. And I made a decision to stop drinking. And I stopped drinking with the help of Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine? I'm trying to stop drinking, but I'm going to the bar. I'm start trying to stop drink drinking, and this wasn't the case because I think we stopped at the same time, didn't we? But let's pretend like you didn't for the, for the sake of discussion. <laughs> I'm starting to trying to stop drinking, but I'm going out buying alcohol for him, and he's sitting up drinking in front of me. I'm trying to stop drinking, but I'm vegging out on Cheers. Y'all remember Cheers? Yeah. You get my point. I couldn't do it on my own. 
I had to make a decision to leave that world and turn to Holy Spirit who dwells in me, who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can think or ask based on what? The power that works in me. Amen? Holy Spirit is that power. Yo, I tell you what, I pray y'all getting something out of this because when I tell you time is going, time is gone. So you're already equipped, but there are three areas I am really encouraging you to strengthen yourselves in. You know, Holy Spirit is there. He moves continually and he moves in mighty ways. You know, Jude 20 always reminds us to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. But there's one thing that we need to do even beyond that. And the first one is to humble ourselves. Many of us find that we are not humble when it comes to the things of God, but we think that we are. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 7. Humility is a necessary component of being led by the Spirit. 1 Peter 5, 5, 7 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And here's the part. And be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may, that he may exalt you and do season, casting all of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I want to go back a little bit where it says, be clothed with humility, and it says, for God resists the proud. And quite often, people walk away thinking God's resisting, meaning there's some type of scuffle, some type of fight that God is going on with you because you're not humble. And that's not true. God's not resisting you. What resist there means is opposed. It's opposed. He's basically telling you, I'm on this side, and you're on that side. He says, I got great grace for you, and I want to give it to you, but right now, you're not humble. You're in pride. You think that your truth is truth. And he says, that's not true. I am the way, the and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. We have decisions to make, and we don't look inside. We look outside. We Google. That's that yoga I've been doing. We phone a friend. What? You got to watch who you're following. Because who they're following is really who you're following. I'm going to say that again. You need to watch who you're following, who you're calling for answers, who you're discussing your problems with. Because whoever they're following, that's who you're really following. He says, follow me not God. So he's not fighting with you. He's just over here saying, well, I'm opposed to 
that particular behavior. I need you to recognize I can't help you until you humble yourself, until you recognize you don't have all the answers. See, he's got your answer, but God can't get it to you until you realize you don't have the answer. Your device will never give it to you. Guys, do you know how many times you pick up your device in one day? In one day, looking for information. But how many times do you ask God, what should I do? Where should I go? What should I say? Who should I talk to? Should I spend that money here or should I spend it there? How many times do you go, hey, Daddy, how you doing? I love you. I need you. I care about you. Are you checking in with God on the inside? Are you checking in on the outside with the world? There is a real enemy out there. His desire isn't to kill you because he knows he can't. That's his real world. I mean, we think when we die, we die. We don't die. He can't keep you from going to heaven. He's got that. But he can keep you from connecting to the one who can help you to live to the full, to the overflow, with every benefit that God has for you. He can keep you from listening to the one who can tell you when to go left or when to go right, who can tell you which job to take or which not to take, who can tell you if that's the right wife or the right husband for you. He can do that by distracting you from what God is saying. What's on the outside quite often is a distraction from what's going on on the inside. And until you're willing to humble yourself beneath the mighty hand of God, you can't be exalted in due season. But he goes on to say, so cast your cares on me. Why? Because I care for you. The next thing to remember, and this is really important, it's easy, guys, to walk and be led by the Spirit. You're already equipped. But these are our areas of growth. Humility. The second one is discipline. Ooh, a dirty word spoken from the pulpit. I think we all know Christianity is not for the faint at heart. That's such a lie from the pit of hell. But he said to fight the good fight of faith. There is a fight that you engage in every day, whether or not you know it. You are in spiritual warfare. But the fight is fixed. We've already won. But you still have to engage. When the Israelites went to battle, they didn't sit there and cross their legs and say, ooh, we already won. They still had to engage the enemy. David knew Goliath was going down. But he still engaged the enemy. Jesus knew already that he was going to die, be buried, go to hell, resurrect and ascend, but he still got on the cross. There is a spiritual warfare that is going on, and it requires discipline. The reality of it is, folks, the discipline is a deep abiding relationship with God. Psalms 25, 14 in the Amplified says, the secret of a sweet, satisfying companionship. How many of you want a companion? <sighs> Do you know how many single people want to get married? And how many married people whose relationships are broken still want a companion? We were never meant to be alone. And God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you. 
And we're doing everything for comfort and companion. And, and the, the companion of all companions is right in you. But he says, the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, which is to revere and worship him. And he will show them his covenant and reveal to them its deeper inner meanings. God is saying that when you fellowship with him, when you have companionship with him, he's given you the secrets. He's helping you to work out the problems. He's showing you how to deal with that person on your job who seems to be blocking every move you make for promotion. He's telling you how to deal with that child who's wayward, who's living that life that you don't want them to live, who's denounced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He's telling you how to love them when they seem unlovable. In that time of intimacy, he's telling you why you're hurting so bad. What happened to you in your life that you're trying to pretend and ignore? And he's showing you how he was right there with you, loving you and guiding you, and he's right there with you today. So often, we're chasing God for the things. But he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those things are going to come. But when we get so busy chasing the things, we forget the creator of the things. And we miss out. The last area where we definitely have to develop and grow is we need to allow God to speak to our needs and not to our wants. Speak to our needs and not to our wants. I love it when Nicodemus went to see Christ and he goes, Rabbi, we know that you are a good teacher sent from God because that's the only way you can do all those miracles. And what did God say back to him? That a man must die and be born again to have eternal life. It had nothing to do about being a good teacher, did it? But God did not speak to his outside circumstance. He spoke to his inward need. He spoke to the very problem and condition that Nicodemus had. That he wasn't saved. That he didn't recognize that God was right before him. It didn't matter if he was a good teacher. But he was the one that could save him, deliver him, set him free. That being a Pharisee was nothing if he didn't have God. Whatever it is that you do or that you have or that you think you have or that you think you want, it is nothing without God. Let him speak to your need. What is it that you need from God? Not what you want, house, clothes, relationships, food, house, money, job. That's what we want. But what is it that we need? We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to be developed and nurtured that the fruit of the Spirit is alive in us, that we can interact with people. We need to know how to live this life in the Spirit and by the Spirit. We need to know that there's something greater than us. And you cannot know how great God is until you spend time with the one who has chosen to live in us. You know, you hear people say, well, I wish I would have been here when Christ walked the earth. Well, if Christ went with me, then who was going to be with you? Because I'm going to tell you, if he was walking the earth today, I'm a hogging. Ain't none of y'all getting nothing. And God knew that. And that's why he sent Holy Spirit. 
He sent him so that we can have exactly what the disciples had on earth while he walked earth in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm just out of time. I'm solely out of time. But God is good. He's good. I barely scratched the surface of what God deposited into me today. Please take the time. Begin studying Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the Godhead. There's the Father to help us understand the relationship God wanted with us. There's the Son who reconciled us back to the Father. And there's the Holy Spirit whose job is to teach us, to guide us, to lead us. I told you it was easy because you're already equipped. But I know that there are people in here who aren't equipped. I know that. And you keep waiting for the right circumstances. You keep waiting for the right situation. You keep saying, once I get this together, once I stop doing that, hear me when I say, I was shown up saved when I was drinking like a fish. And thank God I was, because only he could clean me up. You cannot clean yourself up. You cannot change yourself. You cannot set yourself free. You cannot deliver yourself. And you most certainly cannot give yourself eternal life. God is talking to you if you don't know him. He's testifying to you right now his love and his great grace. He's testifying to you of that abiding relationship that he wants to have with you. He's reminding you <laughs> that if you were the only person on earth, the only, if nobody else existed, he loves you so much that he still would have died for you. And I know that there are people here who know the Lord, and yet you realize you have not, by any stretch of the imagination, allowed yourself to be led by the Spirit. You've been out there doing you. You've been doing you, thinking for yourself, living for yourself, pleasing yourself. And you have totally forgotten that the greatest gift of all has resided in you. And it's so beautiful because he's dutifully just standing, waiting, waiting for you to humble to say, Daddy, I see you. I hear you. And I want to take today to turn back to you, to allow you to sit on the throne of my life. I realize I don't have the answers. I really don't. And I'm choosing today to humble, to be dedicated, and to allow you to speak to my needs, not my wants. That I know there are people out there You've yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. Somebody told you it was deep and spooky, and that is just not true. But it is powerful beyond compare. When you pray in other tongues, 
You're speaking divine mysteries. Because there are times, it's not just enough to know that you need to do something different. You just need to know the specifics of the different. And Holy Spirit will do that. When you're praying in other tongues, he prays through you in ways that you can never do for yourself. And he gives you the answers to problems and questions that you can never figure out on your own. He's standing by always. What you need? What you want? I got you. I can do it. I'm ready. And then lastly, there are those you're wandering. You haven't rested or settled anywhere. Yes, we are all the body of Christ. But we need that intimate time with believers, and that's called church. That place where we can go and we can grow and we can develop and we can learn to do life together. And I would say now is the time to get connected to a church, a ministry that's connected to God. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because God is speaking to everyone in here. And this is the time to stop resisting him. Be led by the Spirit. Just do it. So if you know that you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today is the day that you want to make that decision, you no longer want to be an island.